You are now tuned in to the Right to Live podcast. And here is your host, Soleil Divine. What's up, Right to Livers? It is April 1st. Man, March, March was different. We went through some things that we've never been through before. Um, in case you don't know, uh, there is a global pandemic. There is a virus called Corona, COVID-19, whatever they're calling it today, that is um, running rampant over the whole world. Everyone is on lockdown. I've been sort of quarantined in for the last two weeks or so. And um, yeah, it's different to say the least. Uh, it's definitely chaotic. It's it's scary. Um, it's a lot of things. And one other thing that it is is it's been it's been profitable for my book business. My book sales are up 133 percent, and people are devouring content like crazy. I don't know about you guys, but I've seen people who've never created content before creating and putting it out, and so. Something that I've been thinking about is like a lot of people talked about their income. So a lot, not everyone's an essential worker. Some people are working from home, but there's some people that are without a paycheck right now. A lot of people that I know, and um, I know how writing has been another income stream for me. And I, I think about all the writers who haven't created right now, and I think right now is the best time to put out a book, to write a, a book and put it out. Um, but as I look on Twitter and I'm looking in the writing community and people are talking about um, how they just aren't able to write right now, to write through the chaos. And I want to talk about that. I want to I wanna tell you a couple of tips that I have for writing through a chaotic time because this is definitely chaotic. Um, you may want I, I think, to, I think we often have the susceptibility to push our emotions to the side. And, and that's really my first tip. Do not suppress your emotions through this time. Don't try to be the person. You seen that meme, the one with the person's in the fire, and they're like, everything's fine, it's all fine, and they're sitting and they're smiling, cringing. It's not fine. Everything's not okay. People are dying. You can't leave your house without sanitizing and, and washing your hands and being careful what you touch, and you can't be around your loved ones right now. Everything's not okay, and it's okay for you to feel upset about that or or to cry or feel emotional. That's cool. But if you suppress those emotions, they're only going to get bottled up and they're going to explode later. And nobody needs that. So uh, feel your emotions. Cry if you need to. This will be a great time to journal. You're a writer, right? So journal it. Write about it. Uh, let it out. Because if you suppress, it's going to clog up your ability to write. You're not going to be able to create anything if you're suppressing yourself. You're going to be even more depressed. So I'd say number one, feel your emotions. And then two, so you're not always going to feel motivated as a, as a writer, as, especially if you're doing this for money as an entrepreneur, you're not always going to feel like putting out work. So the, the best thing to do that I say for entrepreneurs when you're doing something and maybe you're not always going to feel like it is creating a system, create a system with your writing, um, you know, with, when publishing a book, I have a system of how many drafts I do. Then I send it to my editor. Then they send it back. Then I edit. I, that's a whole system for me. And how I create covers, I have a system for that. How I format my books, I have a system for that in place so that no matter how I feel, this is what I do. So do that. Create your own system. It could be something small as, okay, this time on this every day, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write this many words and that's my third thing is start small 
you create your system and you revise it over time. Like, let's say, okay, for the first, this week, this week, first week of April, uh, from this time to this time, I'm going to write and my quota is writing 500 words. Make it that for a week or two. Then increase it to 750 words. And then the week after that, uh, 1,000 words a day. Whatever it is, start small, start it, and get it done. So those are just three easy tips, I think, for getting through this time. Um, it's definitely anxiety field. It's definitely depressing. But you can get through it, and you can get through it and have a book published. I don't know about you, but when this is all over, I just want to be better at the end of it than I was when I went in. I don't want to digress. I don't want to be stuck inside and eating a whole bunch of food and devouring Netflix and, and ignore my business or ignore my passion for writing. Uh, but today we talked to Stacey McDaniel, and she talks about having uh, written and trying to shop her book around, um, and then have, facing some adversity and putting books to the side and then now picking it back up. I hope Stacy's still writing right now. And, and if she is, I'm sure she's doing these a couple of these things that I said. She's just pushing things uh, along because we, we have to stay focused and we have to find some kind of sense of normalcy because this isn't going to last forever. We're not going to be inside forever, y'all. I promise. I promise your book is going to get out. You're going to get out of the house. Um, so let's stay tuned for Stacy. This episode is brought to you by Intentions. Intentions Care is a company that cares about you and what you want to put out into the world. It's created this revolutionary body butter. Look, this thing has saved my life. It's called Just Chill. It's a magnesium body butter. And I don't know if y'all know this, but I have anxiety, crippling anxiety. Magnesium is a big component in anxiety relief. Intentions Care has created this magnesium body butter that relieves aches and pains, that helps calm me down, and it has been pivotal for me using Just Chill, especially at a time like this when everything's off the wall, flipped up, turned upside down. With Just Chill, I'm able to stay calm, and I'm still cranking out words, y'all. I'm still getting my word count done. Because of Just Chill, I... I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's it's really changed my life and it's saved my life. So go on over to intentionscare.com uh, and check it out. It's also on my website, soleildivine.com. Go look at Intentions Care and see the great things they're doing. This body butter is a game changer. Now let's get over to the interview. All right, Right to Livers, thank you for being here with us. We have aspiring author Stacy McDaniel. Stacy, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And where are you? Where are you from? I'm from San Diego, California. Beautiful. I'm jealous. Not a bad place to be from. Oh, it is sunny right goodness. now. Oh my goodness. Had a great time in San Diego. So jealous. What? So you grew up in San Diego your whole life? I, you know, my family's from Boston. I grew okay. up in New Mexico. Okay. Um, I came to San Diego for college. I have been here ever since. That's a lot of people's story. San yeah. Diego State, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me ask, you have a diverse background. You born on the East Coast, live in New Mexico. Now you're in California. What was that book that you read that told you like, I want, I have a book in me. I, this is, this book has inspired me. You know, I don't think there was one book that ever did that for me. Reading has been, I almost failed fifth grade because all I would do was read. I, I couldn't be bothered to do any work because I would be so engrossed in reading and that's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So for my entire life, 
reading has just been, it's an escape. It's an enjoyment. It's, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. Yes. And you sound like my niece. She, my sister will wake up in the middle of the night, find her not in her bed. She'll be in the bathtub reading a book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And every, I mean, any second I get, I'm like, okay, I'll take five more minutes. And it's, it's still <laughs> a problem. Like I yeah. have to let people, I have to limit myself on how much time I spend reading, especially when I should be writing. Definitely. So when did you start writing? I started writing 12 years ago. Okay. Um, knew nothing. And I honestly think in a lot of respects, knowing nothing is a gift because now that I know more, yeah, it's hard. I overthink it. Yeah. And, um, so I started, can get in. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I took a, took my book at the time to a writer's conference and that's when I first realized, wow, I don't know anything. Hmm. And I learned and I met people and I went back to this conference and the third time I went back to it, I had a chance to, um, read it for some agents and got three manuscript, full manuscript requests. Really? Okay. So back up. I've never been to a writer's conference. How, I want to know everything about it. Like, how did you go about, like, how did you hear about it? What told you to like go? What pushed you to do that? I'm not sure. I'm, I don't even know how I heard about it, but um, I went because it, it's local. It was in San Diego. It was a couple miles from where I lived. And um, it's an, for anyone who hasn't been to a writer's conference, it's an amazing experience because you're just surrounded by people who are into what you're into. And you, you connect with so many people. You learn with so many people. The speakers are amazing. You have opportunities to pitch. And, you know, the first one, again, it really taught me, wow, I don't know anything. I need, I need to hone my craft. Gotcha. Um, okay. And, yeah. And I haven't been, I quit writing for 10 years. So I sent in my manuscript. Um, <laughs> silly. I thought two of the agents were beneath me. Mm. So I only sent it to one. Okay. Which is now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was silly. And I thought they were beneath me because they worked for really small publishers or agencies. And I wanted, I thought this one was so amazing. It was a bigger agency. Um, so I only sent to her. She sent it back um, saying that she liked it, but it needed changes. Okay. And at the time I was like, okay, I can make changes. And I froze. Just. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. I'm wondering no like the, the thing that glares out in my head, I'm wondering, um, do you think you were self-sabotaging yourself by not sending it to those other two? No, I think I had a big idea of what I was, a bigger idea of what, where I was. I shouldn't say what I was, where I was than I was. Okay. I, 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 I look back at that book now, I read it now, and I think, my goodness, the concept was amazing. Um, the writing was decent and in part really good but it didn't it wasn't consistent through the entire book and she was completely right and I just I, I all I can say is writer's block and the longer you don't write the easier it is to not write totally totally I think it's definitely um a skill based on momentum I know like when Absolutely. I'm writing books if I was saying last night on Twitter, like I, there was one year I wrote 37 books. It was like the, the my most productive wow. year. And it was um, 
getting into that mode where I was always publishing, it was almost like a habit. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, how do you publish that much? Well, it's, it's surprising what you can do when you put deadlines on yourself. So when you got that feedback from the, I don't, I'm sorry, was it an agent or was it a publisher? It was an agent. agent? It was, yeah, it was a- okay. When you got that feedback from her, so what did you do? Did you put the book away? Did you, what did you tell yourself? I told myself one that she, I, I knew what she was saying was right. I, I never had any doubt that her feedback was um, good feedback. I told myself I can do this, but then I would sit down at the computer and just, yeah. the words weren't coming. Cause I think I was starting to try too hard instead of letting it just happen. Flow, yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting point because I think, um, I don't know if you can hear me good. Uh, I think that all of this is great. I I think all of this is mental. Like, um, and and that's why I started Right to Live was to start tackling that. um, The mental side of writer's block, I think a lot of it's anxiety or fear of failure or, and I think all of that is nested around traumas. Mm -hmm. So now this 10 years, 12 years later, what's made you start saying, I want to, I want to write again. And, And I'm guessing it's a whole new story that you're doing. Not the same one from before. Twitter. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I would start every once in a while. I'd pick it up, get my computer out. I would start because I have these, I have so many ideas, so many plots in my head that are ready to go. And I'd sit down at the computer. And again, when I wrote the first one, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally just wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and now when I was started again, I was trying to write well from the get go. Mm-hmm. And I know that some authors can do that. Some writers can do that. That's not my process. I just need to get the idea on paper and then I can worry about making it pretty later on. Definitely. Um, but so t- I found writing Twitter, the writing Twitter community. I don't even know how and got so inspired. Like, okay, I want to do this again. I want to, I want to be able to say I'm, I have a work in pro- progress. Yes. And I think everybody can do that. And Writing Twitter is uh, writing community on Twitter. If anybody that's uh, listening or watching this doesn't know, is very supportive. There's a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of information, and there's accomplished yeah. authors from all walks. Um, and that's how you and I met. Um, mm-hmm. We were having. I don't even know where the tweet came from, but somewhere I commented about quality being subjective, and it was you and another gentleman that were commenting on it. Um, what what about why I think quality in writing is is subjective is because um if I ask sir, anyone what's the book that inspired them what's their favorite book everyone's gonna have a different book over yeah. the spectrum so a book that you may feel like is I'm, I'm not gonna say trash but uh just something that wouldn't be on your reading list maybe on someone else's and it's at the top mm-hmm. it's what's yeah. made them start writing um so that's why I say that so what do you feel that writing um, or quality of writing is subjective? I feel like there is part of writing is certainly subjective. Like I read very different books than a lot of my friends and I don't know what you read, but we may read very different books. Mm-hmm. And so I get that. And I get that, especially genre, people have a genre they like, a genre they hate, or just certain stories that don't, they don't connect with, but at a certain level, there's good, there's writing that's, I didn't even want to call it good anymore. Yeah. I want to say there's writing that's ready to be read by other people. And there's writing that's not quite ready. It's like saying, I mean, I don't know how to make a pie crust. 
And someone might say, my grandmother makes the best pie crust. And then someone else is going to say, mine makes. And that's subjective. But if I don't even, like, I can't even put it together yet. Or I wouldn't be able to put one together that holds together in the oven. So there's a level where writing is just, I don't think is ready. And I think that's my problem with indie publishing. It's not even a problem. My concern is we're so eager to get our work out there that since we can on our own without the gatekeeper of an agent mm-hmm. or, and a traditional publisher, people will put things out that aren't ready. It's not that it's not good. It's not ready. Yeah. I hear you. I definitely do. And and then it's like, I represent the other side where I've made a lot of money off indie publishing with a book or books. I have over, I think last time I counted, I had 103. Wow. Impressive. A lot of work. Thank you. Um, I've made a lot of money off books that I don't think if I sent it to a publisher, excuse me, they would have seen the quality in it. They would have known how to market it or what to do with it or known how to reach my demographic. Um, So I always find myself on the, go ahead. I would argue though, that even though a publisher wouldn't pick it up, that it was still ready. And maybe I, and I get, I definitely get what you're saying. And I, 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 I get, I get you on that. Um, have you read anything that you've ever said, wow, this is going to be great, but it needs another, it needs another draft. It needs another edit. It needs some development. It needs, I love this story and where you're going, but you need to develop. This needs to be handled or. Yeah. And I hate giving out that advice uh, to authors because maybe I don't know, because I've seen some pretty crazy stuff get published and people love it. I'm reading the comments and I'm not talking fake comments. I'm talking real people. They're ravenous. They love this. I don't think that 50 shades of gray was ready. I cannot get through it. I cannot get through it. And I tried, Stacy, let me tell you how hard I tried to get through this book. I tried listening to the audio. I tried reading it several times. I just couldn't get through it, but she's a millionaire now. E.L. James is sold. I don't know how many copies, like maybe I don't know. Maybe I can't, I don't know if we can, if, if we're able to really say what's what's ready and what's not anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I think there are outliers because people. I agree with you with Fifty Shades. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, same with uh, Twilight, the Twilight series, and and yet they are the biggest money makers. I I compare it to Britney Spears. Mm, Is okay. she the best singer out there? No. Um, and I don't think anyone would argue with that. Her vocal talent isn't on par with somebody say, I'm going to stay in the pop world with Christiana Aguilera, who okay. really does have an amazing vocal ability, uh, but Britney yes. Spears, it's a package. It's the whole, and maybe that's what 50 shades had and yeah. Right Twilight. place, right time, right tone for the, mm-hmm. right and then the mystique about it being like barred from libraries. I think that did just all these things, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think like success or the barometer of it, it's in the eye of the beholder and the quality, but I, I, I really wanted to talk about what makes you say that you don't want to indie publish versus you, you want to go after that traditional publishing contract. Ego. Okay. It's pure ego. I, you know, just to be able to say what well, I'm published. And I think before my first time around, we didn't have this information about how publishing works and this constant being able to talk to other published authors and actual agents in my head, you write a book, you get a publishing contract, 
you are Stephanie Myers. Definitely. And that is so not the case. Yeah, no, 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 it's not. I wish it was. I right? wish that it was, <laughs> yeah. but it's not anymore. And I, you yeah. say 12 years ago was when you were shopping that, that manuscript around? Yeah. I don't think and that was, I mean, was even up for people to upload yeah. on it. Yet. Oh, no, not at all. I had a mail, my man, I had a mail, I had to go to Kinko's and print out an actual it. hard copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. And mail it. And so then you were paying like the shipping and you were oh. doing, I worked with an editor who I was sending back and forth through snail mail. And that was, my goodness, so that was a lot of money you were spending just Mm -hmm. to even get it printed. That's the difference. Like, now I could write something today, send it off to my editor, wherever they are, get it back, and I could literally have that book up tomorrow. Like, maybe even sooner than that. Um, Or even if you're querying, you can just email the agent, and they can get back to you. (laughs) They can reject you so much faster now. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, okay, so how far are you away from having your book ready? When is your... When is your manuscript going to be ready? I am on draft two. Okay. I'm about to send to beta readers. Um, and is then scary? it's so scary. It's so, and it's so scary because, and this is sort of where we disagree. And this is actually how we connected on Twitter through this yeah. comment. My point was I've, I read, I beta read a lot. I love beta reading for other people. And I read two kinds. I read one book that, one type of book where you're reading and you're reading someone's manuscript. And then I read these other ones where a chapter in you forget you're reading a manuscript and you are so involved in the story. And I want to know if that's where my writing is now. And Hmm. I feel like people on the writing Twitter community, it's awesome that they're so supportive, but sometimes I feel like they're too supportive. And I want like brutal feedback because I don't want to be the person that shows up on American Idol auditioning that thinks they can sing and it turns out they can't got you so what would it take for you to believe that yes this is this is great I know it people all these people have said it how many people do you need to say that that's an excellent question um that that, and that is a problem I feel like the people I'm gonna send to I've beta read for them and I don't I don't want them to feel like obligated to say that it's good it's such a hard position to be in I feel so I get a lot of emails from authors and readers and they want me to read their stuff. I, I really don't like to do it. Not necessarily because, um, because of that though, like I don't want to offend anyone. Like this guy sent me a book. I don't know if he's listening or watching. I told him that like I got one page in and the book was about, um, a woman getting raped and it was such a brutally like real scene. I couldn't even finish it. And I just told him, like, it was just yeah. really dark for me. And not that the writing was bad. It's just not something that's my cup of tea. So I can't, yeah. I don't want to judge your work. And I think a lot of times author, aspiring read, or authors want someone to say that it's good. They want someone to yeah. say that it's good and push them. And what I was trying to say on Twitter is just, like, that's on you to f- create that for yourself. Because a mm-hmm. million people could tell you that it's great, and you're still going to be like, well... Maybe they're just trying to be nice to me. That doubt's going to be there until you do it. Yeah. You have to get well, that momentum up the, and push it out. Absolutely. And the, you know, the, the stories that I've read, the, that I've beta read, that are the most ready, every, I mean, I feel like nothing's ever done. I don't know how people actually finally upload it and say it's hard. done. But <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It seems to be, right? The 
better, the more, I don't want to use good and bad anymore, better or worse. The more ready it is, it seems to be the more those authors take feedback to heart and seriously and want to change. Where I've read some stuff where, I'm going to say in in a high school writing class, it'd be covered in red. And it's not that it, they're not a good writer. It is, it's they need to develop more. and Or if that draft isn't ready yet, and I'll get, and I will make comments and they'll make excuses. Mm. And so that's what I always want to be very open. Like if somebody says something, I want to be able to look at it and say, okay, do they have a valid point here? Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know if you've ever belonged to any critique groups. That's the most fun part of being in a critique group. If you're with the right people. Yeah. If you're with the right people, I early on, um, I was in the small critique group. I just, uh, I, I felt like it was a lot of people just saying what they thought. Um, and I was getting positive feedback and it was just like, okay, now what? Um, take yeah. this and grow with it. I think a lot of people got kind of uh, stuck in this particular group, just giving giving things to read and getting feedback. And now you can do that on Wattpad or yeah, whatever yeah, different so places. Much. I um, like when you, I was in one group um, that I had actually met the people at, at the writer's conference mm-hmm. and um, we really all clicked. And so we started meeting on a monthly basis and it was a place to, I'm struggling with this part and bounce ideas around and get ideas from each other and look at things in a different way. And you're like, wow, I never thought of that. That definitely helps with plots. That year that I wrote the 37 books, I had a writing partner sort of, um, we had combined together on like 10 books and she would write one part of the series. I would write the next part, but I'd be telling her, hey, this is happening and da, da, da. And she would just say a couple of words and it would spring that idea in me to be able to move forward. Just someone mm-hmm. to talk to is really important. You're right. Writing groups are definitely important for yeah. that. So- writing can be lonely. And sometimes you you just need someone to... Like they say, boxing is the most loneliest sport. Writing can be, oh God, a set of solitude and reclusiveness that like you have to have to get the work done. Yeah. And it's hard to talk to anyone about it because they might not share your passion. Uh, like I, I just really think that most authors started out as ravenous readers. So we're already used to being in our head and mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. about plots and no one really understanding the books that we love. Yeah. So what's what's next steps? You said beta readers. How are you going to facilitate that process? So I have um, I've selected some people that I have beta read for that I not only admire their writing, mm-hmm. I admire their process. I... I admire, I I have enjoyed the conversations we've had about their writing and about writing in general. So I feel like they'll be able to give me feedback that I can work with, feedback that I can use, that I can improve with. Um, And um, my goal, and I don't know a lot about it, but I need a a goal, is to have it completely ready for the um, next uh, pitch wars. Got you. Um, So... When you say uh, two things, when you say you're you're going to send it out to people you know and you've beta read before, is it just going to be like a simple email or are you going to use a service? Or are you going to use like a... Um, you know what I love is uh, doing it through Google Docs okay. because people can, in real time, they can comment and you can see their comments next to what you've just written. So maybe they'll say, you know what, I don't understand what's going on here. Or totally. this is a contradiction to what you said earlier or... This part is so boring. 
Totally, <laughs> totally. And you can see that comment. I love Google mm-hmm. Docs and it, it helps mm-hmm. to seamlessly keep everything organized. That's a great idea. Yeah. Google Docs. So how long do you give your beta readers to, to read over? I haven't had anyone beta read it yet. So I okay. don't know. I'm, um, I've seen a lot of, uh, stuff on Twitter about people saying, I had this beta reader and haven't heard from them. I don't know where they are. I don't know. I'm one, because I read too much. I typically mm-hmm. get through a book in a week max, but I also like to keep in touch and I hope my beta readers will do the same. I'll, I always send a message after the first chapter. Hey, okay. I'm like through the first chapter, loving this about it so far, because I know that people are agonizing. So yeah. I like to give something and there's always even writing that's not ready. I've never read anything that I didn't see value in that. I didn't think, wow, this, this has potential to be something. Cause I think all writing does have the potential to be something. Yeah. I think that's a great perspective to have as a beta reader, not look to tear down, but to like build up and tell you which Mm -hmm. ways to build up. So I ask about the process because, um, I know a lot of people may not be familiar with beta reading or maybe wanted to do it and, and hadn't done it and were a little afraid of the process. It can be as simple as just sharing a Google doc or I've heard people doing it different ways. So thanks for sharing your process. So, um, when you say get it ready for the, the pitch wars. When is that exactly? Um, it's in the, I want to say September, but there's a certain like different deadline. There's different deadlines of when they announce who the mentors are, which I think might be July or August, but I think I need to double check. I need to put it on my calendar. So it's like a real thing in my head. Um, but I believe that it's September. Okay. Would you would you like to come back and talk to us and tell us more about your process? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I'm really curious with how the traditional publishing side works. Um, I know we're we're more of on the self-publishing side, but I think we're finding a lot of authors that are sort of creating a hybrid approach. They may go uh, indie for a couple of books and then they may go traditional with others. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to follow your progress and your... Yeah, and I'm not opposed. I mean, I, I realistically... I think that I will end up in the publishing, but I'm definitely going to give the traditional route a chance. It's interesting because I do hear from people that have done both yeah. that it's more lucrative and oh, you have yeah. more um, more options and more control if you indie publish. Totally, yeah. And it's it's so much easier now than it's ever been. When I started yeah. in 2010, God, to have, to be able to do the things I can do now quickly. Like I actually had to take off work to do formatting before. Mm -hmm. Now my book formatting process takes me like, I don't know, five minutes, maybe it's. Do you have a recommendation for what you use for formatting? Oh my God. Vellum. V-E-L-L-U-M. It's saved Mm -hmm. my life. It's changed my whole business. Um, It's only available for Mac users, for Apple Mm -hmm. computers, but it's the reason why I started using Apple. That's how great it is. And I have accents. Because that is when I see something poorly formatted, can I, I read a lot since I've been in the writing uh, and Twitter community. um, I read a lot of fellow tweeters Mm -hmm. and um, that's always my biggest, that's a big turnoff right away. If it's not formatted correctly, then you yeah. start like you start picking out other things. I think you get nitpicky almost. Yeah. And I, I I'm a I'm a reader that likes aesthetics. So I like the different uh fonts and different things mm-hmm. you do with chapters. So when I saw I could actually do that without having to hire someone or pay five hundred dollars for InDesign or however much mm-hmm. it costs, I was on it. Um Do so, you hire a copy editor? 
an editor? Yes, yeah. I do. I use two editors usually. Um, and how I hire editors, I'll go through like Fiverr, or Upwork, or someone. When mm-hmm. I first started publishing my first book, I think I hired a teacher from Craigslist to go through, yeah. and she actually did print, you know, going through the manuscript. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, I've gotten a lot quicker with my uh, turnarounds. So I hire one editor slash beta reader, and I give them a beta reading questionnaire so I know for sure that they read the book. They go through and they answer the questions because that's the biggest thing for me. Did you really read the book or did you just go through and put spell check or grammar check on it? Yeah. Because I want you to tell me if it's Julie in chapter two, but it's Megan and I switched character names somehow in the middle there and I forgot to change it. I want to know that. Um, So I, I go through the first editor I go back over, do track changes, go back over whatever they said. Then I'll, um, whatever I decide to fix, then I'll send it to another editor. They go over it. I go over it again. I publish. What um, do you think, and I, because I'm, this is so foreign to me, what is a, what price point should you be looking at when you're shopping for an editor? So I'm a miser when it comes to editors. Um, I think right now I'm paying $3 per thousand words. Okay. Um, And I'll put somewhere on the screen once I edit this, I'll go back and look and see how much I paid my last Mm -hmm. editor. But I think about $3, $3 per thousand range. Um, I've gotten editors for as cheap as $1.50 per thousand words. Um, But you do get what you pay for sometimes. Um, And sometimes uh, people, you pay them a little... I've paid more sometimes and gotten less. It just kind of depends. I've been through a lot of editors in the last Mm -hmm. few years. Um, But some people, freelance community can be really flaky. It's just going to happen. So I I try to tend to keep like three editors on sort of um, my rotation as I use. Yeah, and it's hard to know. Everybody everybody is sort of hawking their wares on Twitter. So it's hard to know, is is this person going to give me a good service as far as the editing or um, I don't know. I think I've seen a couple people charging for beta reading, but I some people do. Um, what I try to do though, is I try to stay within an escrow system. So I try to work with somebody on Upwork or Fiverr. So if things do go wrong, there's a third party that can mediate yeah. this. But that's actually really smart. Yeah. But if I'm working with you directly through f- PayPal, I'm paying you or whatever. I have no recourse. I need to, create a relationship with you first before I do that. Mm-hmm. I've done that and it's just been a mess <laughs> trying yeah. to go that route. So I, I really like using some kind of an escrow system. There's a, there's plenty of them besides the two that I named, probably another hundred more that could facilitate that. That's my only, that's my biggest advice. And that's saying, that's what I love about the writing community. Like you learn so much on Twitter. Like this is stuff that I don't know. And I'm navigating this in like new world, but you've already done it. And yeah, I, and, and it, it makes really it hard. Helps. Yeah, it makes it hard when um, you have this dream to publish and you meet this group of people who are experts, really. And it makes it hard for you to say, okay, wake up every day and not be writing and not publishing. So mm-hmm. I applaud you for taking that initiative and getting back in it. Yeah. Well, and I have people that send me, DM me every day. How's the writing? Yeah. And so if I haven't written yet, I'm like, oh no. Or people will post, just wrote 2000 words. I'm like, oh, I need to write 2000 words. I'm a little competitive. It helps. Yes, it does help. It does help. Uh, Iron sharpens iron in that way. So when when you get through um, with your beta reading process, I'd love to have you back and we talk more about as you go in and go back into querying. I would love that. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. So where can everybody find you and follow your journey? Um, right now I'm just on Twitter mm-hmm. and it's uh, Stacy McDaniel at Stacy L-M-C-D. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much, Stacy. Thank Thank you you so much. It was nice talking to you and learning from you. Likewise. Thank you. I want to thank Stacy for being on the show. Uh, I really appreciate her and having her on. It was insightful to learn about these different conventions and where people go to sell their books to traditional or shop their books around to traditional publishers. But now since we're in the Corona world, I wonder, is that going to happen? I guess uh, everything else has been canceled and if we're going to relate what's happening now to the 1918 flu epidemic, um, it lasted for about a year or so. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that there were 3.3 unemployment claims, um, submitted last week. So let's say there's 3.3 million Americans sitting at home with nothing to do. Uh, maybe they have an internet connection and they had this book in their head and they see now that, um, Maybe self-publishing isn't that bad. And I think those of us that, um, I, I, my heart goes out to anyone that's lost someone through this, but um, if you're blessed enough not to have anyone affected in your life, I was listening to a, um, a Gary V episode of his podcast this morning, and what he said was true. If, you, if you're blessed enough not to have someone affected by this personally, know someone, you're blessed. And um, yeah, somebody, some people are going to lose some money and, economic things are going to happen um but we can come out on the other side happier somehow from this and i think those that do that are the ones that are going to be optimistic and continue to create um creating writing a book uh for me is therapeutic it is it's my calling i I wake up in the morning thinking about it so be encouraged uh those of you that are still trying to write through this i know it's hard Uh, But if you can figure out and find a way, I think we're going to be the ones that make it. Um, So like I say, uh, above all else, please keep writing because we write to live. And I feel like at a time like this, that may not be a time where that's more true than right now. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Write to Live podcast. Share and subscribe. And above all else, keep writing because we write to live.